You're listening to Pain to Power Podcast, a series of inspirational stories from world-class leaders and high achievers, where you will hear all about past traumas, hardships, and getting through the pain, fighting against all odds, dominating goals and dreams, and now impacting lives. I am your host, Kayla Cardona. This is the podcast that will have you realize your own vision of success, regardless of your circumstances, to unlock your potential. Welcome to Pain to Power. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to Pain to Power. This is your host, Kayla Cardona. Uh, If you're new, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Just so you know, I do have an intro episode, a little summary of what this podcast is all about. So I would recommend for you to go back and listen to that so you have a better understanding of of what this is all about. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to open up officially with a full length podcast, or excuse me, episode on my podcast, um, starting with my own story. Like I mentioned before, I don't know how to edit audio yet, so if I stumble over my words, which I have a tendency to do, um, or have squirrel tendencies, I apologize. (laughs) I will try my best to keep on track. Um, There are a couple of reasons why it it took me so long to be able to, you know, open up and share my story was because basically I didn't want to have that story. I was really ashamed. I didn't want to be that one with all the trauma or issues. I wanted to seem like I had it all together. I wanted respect from people and to be looked up to. I didn't want to seem like the victim because being a victim means you're holding on to the past and replaying it over and over. I wanted to come off as someone that was stronger. And if I kept thinking about it or talking about it, I feel like I was still holding on to being victimized and what you focus on expands, right? So I didn't want more of that. Also, it was something I held in because I never wanted to bash my parents or make anyone look bad. But I understand now that they did the best that they could. Uh, I later realized the power it had and the power in every single person's unique story. Before I get into it, I do want to point out one more thing. Throughout these episodes, uh, throughout the entire podcast, always think and listen with an open mind of how different every story is and how they were pre-programmed as far back as childhood that caused issues later. Because the first step to any problem is realizing that there is one, right? The good news is we can always rewire ourselves, but that will be in another episode. (laughs) So let's get right into it. A little bit about my bloodline. My father is from Alcabuco, Mexico and raised in Mexico City. That side of the family goes way back to our ancestors from city named Cardona in Spain where we have the Cardona Castle that is now a hotel and museum. 
according to family history, there was no one to bring down the heir to the throne. So my ancestors eventually migrated to Mexico and that's how it was forgotten. And now it's a museum today. So that's where my Spanish side is from and my name. I'm sure there's much more to it though. Um, I have some French and European in me from my grandparents. Uh, my mother is from Indiana State and she's my Italian side. Don't know how much from, uh, I don't know much about that side of the family. She was a foster child, so I never got to really know anyone on that side. Uh, I was born in Fullerton, raised in Santa Ana. My childhood was very interesting. Uh, both my parents divorced when I was one, so living two lives really made it hard confusing and frustrating as a little girl. Both completely different worlds. My dad was a Catholic turned Christian because of my stepmom and my mom was pretty much anti-Christ. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, I have what they call an Irish twin. I just learned that I guess an Irish twin is born in the same year. Uh, first time hearing that like a couple weeks ago actually. Uh, my sister is older by 10 months and we look nothing alike. <laughs> I love her so much. I really feel like she was my best friend growing up because we really went through a lot together and we had kind of opposite personalities. Um, she was more of the shy one uh, that was like a bookworm. She was an artist and I was kind of more of the more energetic, kind of fearless, like I naturally thought for myself or spoke up or, you know, and I loved to sing and dance. And um, I have two half brothers from my stepmom. I don't have much of a relationship with them just because the timelines of all the events that has happened, um, there wasn't a lot of bonding time. So naturally it just became kind of casual. There was uh, some good memories, but not many. It's funny, you don't remember much of what is said, but you remember most of how you felt. Even if everyone else thought everything was okay. Um, I won't be getting super into detail with childhood today. I want to focus more on my teen and younger adult years, but just to get a small idea. Um, my biological mom was and still is struggling with her past childhood traumas, which caused her to treat and raise me and my sister a certain way. Um, growing up, I watched her get into relationships after relationships that were extremely unhealthy. Uh, she drank a lot and smoked pretty much every day. Um, I've been I've seen many things that I'm just, I'm not ready to share quite yet. Um, maybe in the future, I do plan on writing a book that gets to, into like crazy detail. Um, but anyways, my dad, uh, being a traditional Mexican father, and a, I had a very strict stepmom, which too has a challenging childhood to say the least. But knowing her now, I understand the frustration she went through doesn't justify any decisions uh, they made. However, I do understand now that I forgave them. My stepmom is 
I would say the most successful in our immediate family. Um, she's an accountant for a billion dollar company today, but that just happened recently. Growing up, she was still going to school and working. Um, she's extremely intelligent. I really do wish we had a closer relationship, but like I said, the past was very damaging to everyone. Uh, I love my dad. I know he means very well. However, there are many actions and words he used without thinking that caused a lot of damage to everyone around him and I'm sure to himself. Uh, growing up, uh, he worked very long hours, hardly saw him because he was working most of the nights and slept most of the days, but <clears throat> I felt I felt the love from him for sure, um, more than anyone else in the family. Just not being able to be as close to him was actually very tough. One of the memories that stood out the most to me was when he said to my sister and I at a very young age that he would no longer hug us or kiss us because my biological mother would threaten to call the cops saying he was sexually harassing us. So we didn't get that affection from our father. You can only imagine what that does to a little girl as that is supposed to be the, the first love of their life, right? Um, I want to get into detail with that in another episode because I think it's extremely important to talk about that subject for many women and of course men too. So back to my story. <laughs> um, I wasn't the best in school. I didn't have the best grades didn't do much sports, wasn't really involved into a lot, but I always remember dreaming really big. I really don't know the facts. I don't know if my parents couldn't afford it, if they didn't want to invest, but all I remember is I was always grounded for something. Um, if I started a sport like gymnastics, I never finished it because I would be pulled out from having bad grades. I think the only thing I remember finishing was soccer, and I hated soccer. <laughs> uh, my aware self now understands that I was taught at a very young age that it's okay to not finish one thing and go on to the next, not feeling good enough, being punished for grades. They thought defined my intelligence. You guys, sports and activities are so important for children to figure out who they are, what they like, what they don't like. It's just, it's so interesting to me to look back and see the little things that your parents did to pre-program you that affects you in your adult life. It's just so interesting to me. And it, anyways, um, it's exciting though, because when you think about it, um, because it's just such a, it gives you such a better understanding of who you are and who you are from who you were, if that makes sense. And knowing you can reprogram yourself. That's just so exciting. So anyway, sorry, I geek out over stuff like that. Um, so when I was in fifth grade, we moved uh, more south to Lake Forest, California. Um, so we moved elementary schools. I went to Olivewood Elementary School in Lake Forest, California, uh, just to give you an idea of how strict my parents were. Um, around sixth grade, my mom caught me stealing a bracelet at Target. So uh, my punishment was um, she chopped all of my hair off. I had 
<laughs> I had hair down to my butt, guys. Okay, she chopped all of that off. And she, like, cut it as short to my ears. <laughs> that really broke my heart because I really wanted to be Selena growing up. So <laughs> I wasn't, well, actually, she does have short hair at one point. And that's from the movie. But anyways, um, she made me pack everything I had in my room. Okay, so all I had was pretty much a bed. I had to get permission to brush my teeth and like brush my hair. I literally couldn't do anything without asking her. She took away all my clothes and the little makeup that I had and put them into boxes into the garage and took me to Kmart. You guys remember Kmart? Is that even still around? I don't know. Anyway, she bought me all these boys clothes I'm talking about like polo and collared shirts and straight legged baggy pants. Okay. And forced me to wear that at school. I was so bullied. So basically I was grounded all of sixth and seventh grade and I don't remember eighth grade. So I was most likely grounded. I don't know. <laughs> um, at that time it was really cool to, you know, carry your binders rather than backpacks. Um, so they got me like this biggest mountain backpack ever. It was so bad. I was so angry and was tired of just being bullied. So I started sneaking into the garage at night to take clothes from these boxes and take them to school and change. <laughs> well, eventually I got caught. Of course, I got into more trouble and she started checking my backpack every day before uh, taking me to school. I eventually got the few friends I had to bring me extra clothes at school. So it's safe to say I stopped at nothing. <laughs> but anyways, it was bad. Like how mentally and emotionally damaging is that during the time of your life where you just want to be accepted the most, right? My son is now that age um, that I went through all of that. And I can never imagine putting myself, like imagine myself putting him through something like that. But again, I am so thankful that I learned what not to do. Um, so fast forward a little bit, um, freshman. And when I was a freshman in high school, my parents, I feel like they lightened up a little bit. Uh, I feel like they gave me a bit more freedom. It was a time I started learning what I like, what I didn't like, but my self-esteem was really low. Um, I started liking boys, but never ever talked to my parents about it. Well, I, you know, of course I've always liked boys, but I'm just saying like, I started getting like more, uh, it started getting deeper, you know what I mean? So, uh, but we weren't allowed to talk about any of that, like nothing, not a crush, nothing. Cause they would get mad. Um, but keeping that from my parents, I ended up being influenced by everyone else and I couldn't make smart decisions because I didn't have any knowledge or experience. So the boys I started getting involved with weren't the best kind. <laughs> uh, they were, you know, troublemakers, but hey, they liked me. Um, looking back, I just wanted to feel loved and accepted. So I settled for whoever gave me that. Um, and then I became active and it was the summer going into my last year of high school. Then I became pregnant at 17 years old. The moment I found out, um, 
I was with my biological mother and I told her all of my symptoms and she said that she thought that I was pregnant. But of course I was like, no, there's no way I'm not active. Like, you know, of course denying it. Uh, so she got me a test and it turned out positive. I immediately got scared. Um, and just thought like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> but when we found out at the time I was in a car shop, uh, my mom worked in a car shop in Long Beach where she made the office her room and that's where she lived. So I was breathing in all these, these paint and fumes and we just knew it wasn't healthy. So she eventually told me that we need to tell your dad. So of course I begged her to tell her him for me. And I just remember them not even believing her at first. Then when it finally hit them, they refused to talk to me. So I called up the father of my child to tell him the news and that I need to stay with him and figure this out. So they agreed. So my mom called my dad back to tell them I'm leaving the car shop to stay with them. He got furious and said, no, we're getting you now. Pretty sure I saw my life flash before my eyes. <laughs> oh man. So they didn't, they didn't speak to me the whole ride home. I just remember my room becoming like my hideout. Um, and then the ultimatum came. Uh, they gave me two options. They said to look for an adoption family or stay home or keep the baby and leave. So of course, being super sheltered and scared of my parents, of course, I looked for an adoption family. It's funny though, because my dad and my mom had my sister when she was 18. So isn't that ironic? Um, after a few phone calls, I found a friend from high school and they offered to take him. Oh man, it still gives me chills even thinking about how I really was going to just give up my son. Like, oh my God. Anyways, um, when I was seven months pregnant, that's when I feel like just God came into my room or something and like slapped me in the, in the face. <laughs> I became so angry at my parents for even thinking I could give up on my son. And all of a sudden, like I grew all this confidence or just, I don't know where it came from. Um, and I went to them and I said that I'm keeping my son. Um, I don't exactly remember how I did it or how firm or confident I was, but it was the most strength I've ever had setting up to them. So I'm just going to stick with that. <laughs> so pretty much everything became really dark for me after that. I can't remember a lot. I just remember that drive in the car, knowing I was heading to a place where they didn't want me anymore. Um, my, I wasn't good enough or safe enough to stay home. So they took, they took me to the shelter for pregnant minors in Tustin, California. Uh, the girls there were there because of drug abuse and alcoholism and gang affiliates, abusive relationships, the list goes on. I was only there because I was homeless. I felt like I didn't belong there and I became so much more angry, more hurt and confused, frustrated. Like, why am I never good enough? The mental issues just started growing and growing from then. I hardly ate. I developed an eating disorder 
that caused me to almost lose my son from malnutrition. I just became very quiet, hardly spoke at all, didn't look into anyone's eyes when talking to me. I remember always looking down. Um, I need to drink water. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't know how to edit these, so you're going to hear that. Um, anyways, um, so basically just imagine any light that I had left in me from that energetic, fearless little girl that you remember me speaking about in the beginning that loved to sing and dance. It was like that bright light was just officially sucked completely out of me. So in that minor shelter, uh, we shared half a room with one other girl. You got to decorate it how you wanted and didn't have, you know, you can put decorate whatever way that you want. But of course I didn't have any decorations. Um, I remember this call box where you can make scheduled phone calls to whoever you're allowed to for a certain amount of time. But being a minor, your parents still have rights until you're 18, unless they sign you off uh, um, of their responsibility. So of course they wanted, you know, to keep that control, even though I was no longer living with them. So they didn't allow me to call anyone except them. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and my sister, that's it. And of course I wasn't on speaking terms with, with them. So uh, I, so I basically disappeared from the face of the earth. Okay. Um, it was literally during the summer I was going into my senior year and then uh, they, they sent me before senior year started. Um, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know what the father of my son number was. So one day I got my sister to finally pick me up and take me to my uh, baby dad's house to tell him where I was and what happened and why I disappeared. Um, I showed up at his doorstep and he answered and I told him everything. I even told him I'll marry him because he mentioned it before I left. But then he started breaking down into tears and I got really excited because I thought it was happy tears. But that's when he told me that he's so sorry and that he got married and she's pregnant too. I don't remember much after that moment. Again, I just remember the feeling of abandonment all flooding back to me. Once again, not being good enough from my own family and now not good enough for someone that I was actually having a baby with. It was the lowest of my low. Going, going back to the shelter, I just wanted everyone to stay away from me. And I completely closed up after that and I just shut everybody out. The only thing I could think of was just wanting my son out of me <laughs> so I could actually feel something. So I uh, continued high school in the shelter and finished at their academy. Uh, no one from high school knew where I was. I guess there were rumors saying I dropped out, but I didn't find that out till later. Four days, four days, four days before I had my son, I turned 18. Uh, no longer a minor, and I got transferred to a shelter for adults uh, called Casa Teresa in Orange County. Um, California. And uh, to better understand how that shelter works, 
they have um, three levels. So the first level is you have your own uh, studio room. You have rules and curfew and mandatory classes. Then you can earn your way up the levels if you follow all of their guidelines. Um, I went into labor and had my son on December 24th, 2006. My Christmas Eve baby, Jordan Angel Cardona, angel for my guardian angel, <laughs> and because of Christmas, of course, my favorite holiday, uh, they brought him out in a Santa hat. Oh my God, I'll never forget that. So cute. Uh, he was premature by four weeks, and um, he was five pounds and nine ounces. <laughs> my little peanut. Oh my God. Um, what were those things, uh, in a car seat? You know, how, I don't, I can't remember, man. It's been 12 years. Um, the, the extra pillow that you put around the baby's head. So the neck doesn't move in a car seat. Well, we had to get two of them because he was so tiny. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, going back to the shelter now with my baby, um, being there, I was, I was still very quiet, quiet. I hardly ate. I actually went back recently for an interview and I asked them what they remember about me because I feel like I lost so much memory. And they said that I was pretty much lifeless. Whenever they spoke to me, I would space out. Like I couldn't register what they were saying to me, but, um, my caseworker told me that she always saw this fire in me that when I did speak, I spoke like I dreamt big compared to the other women and that I stood out the most. But she also told me that I, I didn't believe in anything or anyone, let alone my own self. I remember her the most, uh, very most because she, she made me feel so special even when I didn't see or believe it in myself at the time. I actually have a mini video of her and I at Casa Teresa. Um, I'll be posting that on my YouTube. I'll let you guys know. Um, so uh, the soonest a baby can enter daycare is four months old. That's the, that's the youngest. So as soon as my son turned four months, I went straight to work. I had two jobs in, in the mall. It was, um, oh my God, I'm drawing, drawing a blank Santa animal. What's that called? Ah! I don't know. Um, and then I tried going to college at the same time. So get this guys, this is crazy. I actually forgot that I went to college for an entire year. It was Santa Ana college. Can you believe that? Like so insane. I didn't know this until I had a college friend that hit me up on social media and told me we were in the same class. I knew I went to college, but for, from my memories, I remember maybe like a couple months changing my major like five times, but then he told me we're in the same class for an entire year. That's another thing I started actually looking into. So interesting how the mind starts deleting moments of your life uh, that were really, really overly painful. It's crazy. Uh, maybe I'll do another episode about that and what I've learned so far. Anyways, so this was all before I got my very first car. Um, I used to ride the bus to get everywhere. So <laughs> imagine a little 18 year old girl 
walking with a car seat and baby in one hand and a backpack and diaper bag in the other hand, um, taking the public bus in the streets of Santa Ana. I did that when it was hot, rainy, windy, and getting catcalled everywhere. I cried every single day. But I just put on my headphones so I would drain out the sounds and anyone trying to talk to me, I just kept my head down. I would do this every single morning to drop my son off at daycare and every evening after work in the dark to get him to go back to the shelter. Looking back, I'm just so thankful nothing bad happened to us. I'm just so thankful for that. Um, Cause I was tiny, I was a teenager with a baby. Like I'm five two guys, okay. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I, I worked my ass off and I saved $2,000 to finally get my very first car. I got my license. So I just felt like things started slowly getting better for me. Uh, the, the best memories I have is at Casa Teresa. Um, that's when the better memories started coming in. I love them. So anyways, um, so my $2,000 got me this really old dark green Lexus <laughs> that I loved. I thought it was so fancy with that Lexus. Um, found out later the passenger door actually belonged to a Toyota. <laughs> the radio didn't work. The AC didn't work. It was really bad, especially during the summertime. Oh my God. Um, but that was my Ferrari. I saved up that on my own and is the car that I bought on my own. So um, maybe I'll do a post about my past cars. They were so bad, like bucket cars. Like, <laughs> But hey, I never had a car payment, still don't, and don't plan to, so winning. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I finally got to get us off the streets. It was the most amazing feeling to be able to start driving. Um, during the time I was at Casa Teresa, I was actually seeing someone not my baby's dad. He got married, remember? <laughs> uh, so it's safe to say that it didn't work out. Um, I actually hate talking about this because I look back, like, I look back now, like, oh God, I was just so beyond lost and desperate for acceptance that I literally settled for anyone. I cringe just thinking about it. So I was in this relationship with this guy. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't that bad. I'll, I'll take that take that back. Um, but he did accept me and my son as his own. Fast forward to when the time was up to leave the shelter, um, because of course they don't last forever. I ended up moving in with him and his family. They were an amazing, loving Hispanic family that loved my son very much. I won't get into details, but it didn't work out. I ended up getting back in contact with, um, my high school street sweetheart um i told him my situation and that's when he convinced me to move in with him and his family because i felt like i was stuck with him because i had no other place to go <laughs> guys just please keep in mind i'm 19 years old at this point okay still a baby just trying to survive with a kid with zero experience of life for the first time going out into the real world since leaving my parents' home, straight to the shelter. I just needed places to stay and convinced myself that that was love. 
his family accepted us and we moved in. I'll save you guys the details, but basically that relationship was very toxic. I dropped out of college and it was mentally, emotionally, and physically abusive. So I finally had it. Um, I built up the strength to leave, but of course that came with the price. Uh, we didn't have anywhere to stay. So my son and I slept in the back seat of my car. I'll never forget, it was on Bristol and Hemlock. Feel free to look up that neighborhood, not the best, <laughs> um, in Santa Ana, California. I had towels up on the window, um, hoping and praying that no one would look inside and see us there. That was, that was actually the lowest point of, I've ever been. Um, I just remember crying so hard. That, that painful cry where you can't breathe and you literally feel like someone is squeezing your stomach and your heart is going to be out of your chest. Uh, my son was still a baby in his car seat. I'm sure he doesn't remember with all that pain. I'm sure he felt it. I, he doesn't remember that, but I, I know he felt it. Um, and I didn't have the guts to call my parents and tell them we were sleeping in my car because they would have had proof that they were right and that I shouldn't have chosen that life. Uh, so I finally got a hold of my aunt that lived in Santa Ana at the time and asked her if we can stay at her house. Hardly knowing any English, she uh, did let us in, but it was only temporary because there was already too many people in that house. So I moved the little amount of things that we owned into her garage and her living room. After a few days staying there, I woke up one morning to go downstairs and see everything that I had in her living room was gone. Um, I was robbed of my last things that we had. I actually still don't know to this day if it was my own family or my family friends. I tried asking you know, my cousins and they were clueless. So I, 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 I don't even know, but um, that was just the moment that I knew we weren't safe and we needed to leave right away. So uh, we left the city, my son and I uh, found a room to rent and moved more south to Lake Forest, California, where I feel like it was much more safe for my son. Uh, being in the system, we were very fortunate enough to have the government cover uh, private school. And my son started preschool at Arbor Christian in Lake Forest. Um, I just turned 21 and started working in nightclubs right away. So two jobs in the day, one job at night. And I thought I was actually doing really well. I was super proud. I remember going on Facebook saying third job and like, it's just crazy to go back and like, remember how my mind used to be um, compared to now. But anyways, uh, so after running from room to room off Craigslist, moving every three to six months because of shady or perverted roommates, I realized I couldn't live like this forever. College wasn't an option, so I decided to go to beauty school. I was 22. At this point, I was back in contact with my parents being in the same city. 
so my parents offered us their home so I can go back to school full time to finish faster than half time. I agreed and we moved in with them and uh, paid, I paid in keeping the house clean as rent pretty much. That was hell. <laughs> All I remember was cleaning and being yelled at for not keeping things cleaned. I literally felt like they made messes and purposely didn't pick it up because they knew that was my job. Um, but I sucked it up because I knew I just wanted to graduate and start working. So I didn't have to need them anymore. I graduated in 2011. I was 23 years old. Even though I was under their roof, we still didn't have a relationship. They didn't even come to my graduation. <laughs> It was very toxic and wasn't healthy. So we moved out as soon as I graduated and started renting rooms again. I got a job right away after I graduated as an assistant for a salon owner in Newport Beach, California. During that year, my car broke down and took taxis to get to work. Uber did not exist, guys. That was not expensive or that was expensive. Okay, it was not cheap. <laughs> Uh, the salon owner offered to help me get a super cheap car, but I would pay her back by her paying me less. Okay. Being still young and super naive in no sense or direction, I ended up being used, underpaid, and taken major advantage of. I trusted her. Um, but I was just so hurt when I figured it out. So I ended up quitting and she told me I would be back and never went back. So I don't know how she's doing today. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm still working night shifts at this point. So I had a little bit of leg room to figure it out. Um, I found an ad on Craigslist, uh, for a men's salon in Irvine, California. Um, and they were hiring and it included training. And so I went to the interview and I got hired on the spot. That's when I started really starting to see the light. Um, this is the time when I had my very first moment of some sort of miracle. There was this regular client that went to that salon and everyone knew him except me, of course, because I was the newbie. The owner was teaching me how to do waxing and had me practice on him. Um, I just, I noticed everyone starting surrounding, started like surrounding me. I thought it was because they wanted to watch, but I noticed everyone started just looking at me kind of weird. Uh, he started talking to me and saying things that didn't make sense at first, but then it kind of hit me. Um, he, he knew things about me that I never told anyone. And I just started bawling my eyes out in front of everyone. Um, I didn't, I had no idea like what just happened. Um, that's when the owner said that I need to have a meeting with him, um, that he asked to have a meeting with me, um, that he's never asked that of anyone else before. So, uh, anyways, that, that man changed my life and doesn't even know it. Um, as we sat down to talk, I, I was scared nervous and didn't know what to expect. I was still extremely closed off at this point, so I didn't trust anyone. I remember he told me to close my eyes and think of a room. 
what the color of the room was, to imagine a shape in the room, any shape and what color it was. It's funny, there's so many things that I forget, but this I never forgot. Um, when I told him my answer, that's when he told me words that I've never heard before. He told me that I have this burning fire inside of me that is meant for the greatest power he's ever seen in someone, that I am meant to do great and powerful things, but never, I will never get there until I believe I am that power. I didn't understand what that meant, and I honestly couldn't, couldn't even comprehend it. Um, it like went just right over my head. I'm like, okay, crazy. <laughs> I, I just brushed it off. And after that, because I just, I really didn't understand. I was still a sheep at that time. Uh, but looking back now, after being so awake and aware that he was the one that planted that seed. I wish I knew his name. I wish I could see him again and tell him, thank you. Um, so working at the salon, it was great. Um, and then clients started complaining that there was a kid there all the time. I used to go on my lunch break to pick up my son to take him back to the salon and hide him in the back so I can finish my work day. But I, I kind of already knew that the day was going to come when the owner did nicely ask me that I need to get a babysitter or um, because I can't bring him anymore or I have to leave. Um, when I told her I couldn't afford a babysitter, that's uh, one, of, one of the other hairstylists told me that she knew of a sweet woman in the area that is super affordable and to give her a call and see like what my options would be. So that's when I met Lupe. <laughs> For those that don't know, Lupe is who I call mom today. Lupe is the backbone to where I am today. Uh, if it wasn't for all her help, love, and support, I don't know where I would be today. Um, I love you, Lupe. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, so we met up with her and she immediately fell in love with Jordan. Her grandson was taken away from her and Jordan was that love that she was missing. She told me, just pay me when you can. I didn't pay that woman, woman for like, I think almost a whole year, I think, uh, till I was able to make better money. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's a, she's a blessing. She's just a miracle that came into our lives. Um, so I ended up building my clientele over the next couple of years. So it was all going well. Um, and then in 2014, I opened up my first salon suite to work for myself for the very first time. I was still working nights, but I really started feeling like I was actually doing this. Like I was winning. Um, I started flourishing. My mind started to expand and become more open to things around me, my surroundings. Um, and then that's when I started researching about like energy and frequencies, vibrations, chakras, you know, and I was like, what is all this? So I started learning, kind of became a little bit obsessed <laughs> with this like new world, which led to my spirituality. 
I was still struggling with many mental issues, but the more I learned, the more I felt like I was getting better. And for the first time I started feeling peace. And um, that started from my isolation. Um, I feel like I wouldn't have um, found that if I wasn't isolated, meaning being single. Um, going relationship after relationship, kind of falling in the same shoes as my mom. I just, I knew I needed to stay single. Um, I've actually been single since 2013. Uh, I've dated, of course, in between, but nothing serious. Um, I, I knew all the problems that I had and it was dragging on to all of my relationships. So, um, well, my past, past relationships. So, I really just made it a point to learn to love myself for the first time ever, to put myself first. All these years of searching and searching for love and acceptance and to just be good enough for someone, I finally realized that everything that I was looking for was in me the whole time. Once I started clearing the toxicity it made room for bigger and greater things to enter my life and lead me in the right direction. I've learned so much about myself, which has led me to my new career path, taking on challenges that I have never taken on before, and self-love at its finest, <laughs> with reading and learning, meditating, writing, and now speaking and teaching. Friends, the past doesn't define you. You have to have that understanding to know that it's okay if something bad happened to you and it doesn't make you a bad person or unworthy. I can't even tell you how many times I get so many people that say, well, I've never been through what you've been through and I didn't have it that bad. Listen, just because you haven't been victimized at what you think is a higher level than me or anyone else that you feel is far worse doesn't mean you aren't suffering similar pain. There's all different types of abuse, but what it comes down to is how is the brain reacting to the abuse, the different chemical reactions that is happening inside of that individual. That's why you cannot compare to other people's stories and what they've gone through because what they have gone through is only what they know and how they dealt with it. It's never created equal. The, you know, the past couple of years have, have been the best years of both my son and I life. But in all honesty, it really wasn't until last November when I really decided to completely open myself up for the first time ever, show all my flaws, my hurt, my dark past, and seeing how it brought the light to others, that's when I really feel like I found myself. That is when I feel like I found the love I always wanted, I always needed in myself, giving to others and teaching my son along the way. That is my purpose. And that is why I am here now. It took me a very, very long time to open up. 
but I had to learn to first forgive myself and stop being shameful. And then I was able to really open up. You have to forgive yourself first. Rather, it was things that happened to you or things you did. Either way, it's crucial to start the healing process. And understanding that there are positives in every single thing that we go through. In my case, for me, it was the fact that I was able to endure all of that and not come out with even bigger issues. The ability to have withstand life in general. You can't knock me down. I could have easily gone a different direction. Easily. I'm just glad I woke up because there are so many people that live their life asleep and never wake up. I finally understand why I was put through all of that. My son, well, sometimes I cringe thinking about what he witnessed and gone through, but I know he understands and loves me. We still talk about the past. As he gets older, he realizes more and more that I was just doing my best. Uh, I know I have a lot of work to do in reversing any damage I have caused him and in myself. And that's why I work on myself every day. Taking accountability is the most important step to change. I couldn't help my circumstances, but I have all the power in the world to rise above it all. I am very thankful I went through that because it's what led me to who I am today. And it's funny because <laughs> most people are shocked to find out that I have a background like this because of, I don't know, what they see on the outside, you know, my, when they get to know me, my personality, I don't know. But I always get this one question. How were you able to get out of that and be this okay? My answer is always the same. And if there's anything in this story I want you to take away, it's this. It's because I made a choice. I made a choice that I wasn't going to be that. This, that isn't going to be my life, our life. There's nothing special about me, guys. I'm not smarter. I wasn't born with anything different than you. I just made a decision. You have that choice. So make that today. That's all for now, guys. I really hope that piece of my story sparked something in you. Sorry about my voice. I've had a long day. I'm actually very tired. It's 11 o'clock. Um, if you loved it, please share and send it to someone that you know needs to hear it. I can't wait to share more. I appreciate you. See you in the next one.